Hello and welcome to Two For None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen and I'm here with the man, the myth, the legend, C.T. Barty. Abado, we've won a test match, we've won a test series. How'd you like that? What a treat, what a dream, Pat. What a treat, what a dream. We were just talking about nailed it uh, off air earlier. Um, and I think mm. uh, we can say that we nailed it. Well, Australia Absolutely nailed it. Absolutely nailed it, Chris. This is the equivalent of nailed it, of just pulling out the the N4 tiered cake and it's absolutely perfect. It's a dead ringer for that octopus, yeah. um, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> the the first round, the first two rounds were a little bit rough. Um, yeah, maybe we forgot but- to put the buttercream in. <laughs> um, we put the cake into the blast chiller a little too early or too late. I always forget, how does the blast chiller work? I, I forget how that works. Well, um, I would imagine, Chris, that it's very cold and very short bursts. Oh, yeah, that would I, I understand the concept of a blast chiller. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my issue. <laughs> my issue is more, uh, I always forget, do you, you don't put it in straight afterwards, do you? Because otherwise it sticks to the pan, I think. Mm, so, I've I, yeah. I, I got to figure, if before I go on, nailed it, I need to figure out how to use the um, blast chiller. But, yeah. i tell anyway. you what, Chris. We'd be a great addition to that show. I'm not sure if that's the sort of cross-promotion that Nailed It's looking for. I mean, it'd obviously be great cross-promo for us, but um, I'd love to see you and me on there, but uh, just baking up a storm. Baking up a storm. Uh, I tell you what, did have an almighty bake was the pitch over, yeah. you know, all the pitches in Pindi, Lahore, Karachi, mm-hmm. all of them. Uh, so Sensational pivot there too, but anyone would think you're a professional. But they'd be mistaken. <laughs> 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 You're not wrong though, man. Those pitches were definitely baked, particularly the last day. And look, Chris, I've got to get in here quickly and just say that I was right. I was right, Bardo. Me, Pat, for one of the first times on this podcast in the four yeah. years we've been making this, I nailed a prediction and I am very pleased, Bardo. I'm very well, pleased you know, about it. They say that a broken watch is right twice a day. Yeah. And you've been right once in four years. So yeah, you- I think a broken podcaster is right yeah. once every four years. It's probably about right. You're right. You've got some efficiency work to do there. But that's okay. <laughs> well, no, no, celebrate. Celebrate good times. Come on. Look, Thank and you. It, 15 days of test cricket and it came down to the 15th day, the final session. And there was no guarantees either. And I think really what happened was um, Pakistan kind of blinked first, didn't they, with their team selection? Going oh, with yeah. five five bowlers, uh, uh, which really left a really long tail exposed. Uh, whereas Australia, you know, I guess with the benefit of someone like Cameron Green, um, was able to, uh, you know, stick with their their batting lineup and and went in unchanged. Mm. Um, you know, you know that I've had a long battle, a long history of uh, the battle with the selection shock. <laughs> Lo and First behold, he hated it, folks. He despised it. And then he became part of the selection shock. All he wanted was the selection shocks himself. It was a real Stockholm Syndrome story, Chris. Yeah, yeah, it's been up and down. Um, <laughs> lo and behold, lo sorry, Butter. Yeah, but lo and behold, we, we actually stuck with the same Test 11 for two games in a row. Those players were able to learn and adjust to the conditions. Mm. And they came out on top. So, you know. Great stuff. 
You know what else was really interesting about this game, Chris, was the ineffectiveness of the new ball. Mm. That it wasn't the new ball that was, you know, we, I, I was still in the mindset of thinking like an Australian and waiting for 80 overs to crop up and be like, oh, yes, new ball, here we go. And as soon as the new ball came out, Sajid Khan was just like, bam, 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 hit like three fours in an over. Mm. Once it gets to 30 overs old, then all of a sudden it's hooping around corners. And the ball itself, I'm not sure you saw the close-ups of it, by the end of the fifth day, looked completely insane. Like, one side of it was this pure, smooth orb. The other side looked like the surface of Mars. Um, And it was that real reverse that did the business. Also, last podcast, Chris, Mm. we were talking about how hard it is to bowl a team out on the fifth day. And, like, huge credit here has to go to Paddy Cummins for setting such a, a brave declaration, setting the, the opposition 350 to, to win it. And then even more huge praise has to go to the GOAT for for spinning us to victory on the final day. Yeah. And it hasn't happened in 14 previous days of Test cricket. Yeah, he bowled really, really well. Really, really well. And, um, again, I think the exciting thing for me was lessons learned right so Mm. probably we accused Jacques uh, (laughs) Pat Cummins in the second test of not being aggressive enough so Mm. didn't enforce a follow on and then you know gave Australia a lead of 500 which as it turns out we, we needed but in this test match sporting declaration 350 in front four and a half sessions to ball out the opposition timed it to, to perfection and put the team on his back you know in a, with a terrific bowling performance as well so you know full stars to, to Pat Cummins in terms of this last test match and, and probably the series as a whole I, I think you know Australia really progressed from the first test match in Royal Pindi where we couldn't take a wicket uh, yeah. because the pitch was a road obviously but you know we didn't look like taking a wicket let's not forget uh, Pakistan were none for 252 in their second innings. Yeah. To yeah, wow. bowling magnificently on the final day of the Test Series. So over the period of 15 days Test cricket, you know, Australia has really adjusted well to Asian conditions. And that bodes well because I think earlier in the week it was announced that Australia is going to be heading to Sri Lanka, which is su- yeah. super exciting. Yeah, for a two-match uh, test series, some ODIs and a, and a couple of T20s. Mm. And and Paddy Cummins was saying in the in the press that this is the new blueprint for how we're going to play in the subcontinent. And I think it does play to our strengths. You know, we've got this incredible pace attack, um, and particularly Stark and Cummins, mate, in that in that second dig in you know facing Pakistan, a really dug in Pakistan side, um, and the way that they just you know sorry the first Pakistan innings, I mean. Um, Cummins and Stark were just indomitable. And, you know, the guys like Abdullah Shafiq have been, and, and Mamal Haq at the top of the order have been incredible for Pakistan this whole Test Series. And the way that um, Stark and Cummins used that reverse swing was just extraordinary um, to, to bowl them out for 268. I was, yeah, it was such a thrilling game, Bardo. I mean, I know I'm saying that because we won, but I was also in the last podcast, as well as my correct prediction, <laughs> uh, once every four years, um, I was also calling out for a, a bit of a dust bowl, a bit of a pitch with a bit yeah. of something in it. And it was so much more exciting to watch because it was up and down. It was turning. There was reverse swing. It gave so much more to, to batters and bowlers and even the fielders, Chris, were run under pressure for so long. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there was just great performances all around, really, from both sides. Uh, I think special mention has to go to the man of the series, Usman Khawaja, with his 496 oh. runs for the series. You know, since he's come back into the Australian team, uh, following Travis Head's uh, COVID omission back in Sydney, I think it's something like four test match hundreds and two scores in the 90s, which yeah. is just insane. And it's actually the second highest uh, score ever for a visiting opener to Pakistan. Um, wow. Just behind Mark Taylor's 513 in 1998. And it, yeah. has to be, <laughs> it has to be said that 334 of that 513 was scored in one innings. Yeah, I mean that does put a big, big plus in your in your, in your column there, doesn't it? It really, it really, really helps. Um, <laughs> and his average of one hundred and sixty five point three three is it's the second highest for an opening batter uh, in a Test series with a minimum of five times battered, uh, which is you know pretty amazing. So I, I think phenomenal, but it's it, it's a great comeback story for for Usman, and I think it's also a great uh, way to demonstrate that you know we we often say for young players if they're good enough, they're old enough. But I think the reverse is true. If you're good enough, mm. you're young enough. You know, I, I, I think particularly in a game like cricket, which is so mental, um, if you're on top, if you know your game well, you know the conditions, you, you know, you, you, you're in a, in a good headspace, you're as good as anyone and uh, really pleased that it was batted well. And hopefully, uh, you know, long may it continue. Hopefully, we get another couple of seasons out of him because I think him and, uh, and, and Dave Warner uh, form a really interesting kind of partnership. Warner seems to, to have good opening partnerships with someone who has a kind of a contrasting style. Um, yeah, you know, completely. You think back to probably Chris Rogers is is mm-hmm. probably his best opening partner. I don't, For sure. ha- don't have any stats to back that up, so it's very anecdotal, but that's the one that comes to mind. And, and Usman is sort of similarly kind of... Um, calm and nonplussed and, you know, laconic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's definite similarities there. I mean, Usman is a lot more of a graceful player than than Bucky Rogers. I love Bucky Rogers. I'm not having a crack at a big buck, but um, Usman's, like, through mid-wicket, Bardo and through cover and like the, his patience, you know, and his inflappability in this series was really something to behold. Um, it's a guy who knows himself, you know, mm. and he knows his game and he's not worried about it. Um, and that ease has just resulted in runs and runs and runs. It's been a delight to watch. Yeah. And one thing's for sure, like the dude really enjoys playing against Pakistan. You know, he's played some magnificent innings against Pakistan. <laughs> And it also just shows how little anyone else knows about cricket at all ever because this is a guy that everyone a couple of years ago was saying this he cannot tour the subcontinent. You know, mm. terrific against pace, can't play spin. Well, yep. I- incorrect. How'd you like me now? Yeah. <laughs> he went to the digital online store, bought some VC and downloaded himself a reverse sweep and then all of yep. a sudden- Man can play the spinners. I would like to think of it, Chris, more like the Matrix, where he just plugged himself into a chair and said, um, <laughs> I know the reverse sweep. sweep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, mate, before we get into the detail of this, I, um, I've had a quick chat to Heidi Cheadle about all things with the Women's World Cup, um, which is coming to the real pointy end of the competition. And there's lots to talk about, but uh, um, Elise Perry's got some back spasms and had to be taken off the pitch the other day. She might be playing as a specialist batter. Um, we're coming down to the crunch time um, of great performances from Bangladesh and India and a bunch of other sides. So lots to talk about with Hides. Um, here's a little chat with her I had a little earlier. Hello. Hi, hi. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm really well, Hides. I'm really well. Thank you for being around when I needed you in my life. <laughs> uh, Patrick, anything be my man. I'm sorry I've been so unaround, though, recently. I've honestly been fucking all over the shop. Hides, you're you're great, dude. I just saw you did an article with Stump to Stump, mate. You're a, you're like a woman oh. of cricket media now. You're like a cricket media personality. Oh, my God. Look, tell your friends, it's always nice to meet a fan. (laughs) (laughs) Can you please get that in your business cards, Heidi Cheadle? Tell your friends, it's always nice to meet a fan. I'm here for it. Dude, what was the article about? I haven't read it yet. I've been a bad friend, but I'm recording on the pod now, so I'll bloody push it out there into the world. Tell me about it. I, um, no, yeah, so I, I, the, he sort of messaged me and he said, can we tempt you? And I'm like, mate. Talk about cricket. I'm there. Twist my arm. Um, and then one of my one of my friends did it, and she, so she sort of like I saw hers and what the kind of questions were, and and so I filled it out. And it's it's always nice to be included, isn't it? Oh, I love being um, included. But I actually can't believe how many people kind of looked at it. So that, I mean, I had no idea. I just thought it would be. I mean, I don't really know what I thought, but um, yeah, it was really nice. <laughs> always nice to be included. Hi, did I think you appreciate how much of a woman of the people you are, bud? I don't think that's quite as clear in your brain as it is in reality, you know? Oh, well, again, it's always nice to meet a fan. So hey, look. I welcome the love. You got one right here, buddy. You got one right uh, here. Um, oh, yeah? How much of a fan that you read it? Yeah, I, that's a good point, actually. That's a good point. I'm going to do that right now. What a piece of shit. Yeah. What a bad cool. bloke. Um, Hides of Reno, I need you to talk to me about the Women's World Cup. because as Sorry, well as in- like... Yes, I would love to. What an incredible World Cup. I love having cricket on all day, every day. It's Here's what's happened, Heidi. Uh, I've been I've scored a new job and I'm a very busy boy and I've been watching a bit Ooh. of the men's stuff at night But I haven't, and I've been seeing some highlights in the women's game, but I have not been paying close attention to it, Heidi, and I need you to bring me up to date. I need you to tell me what the oh. hell's going on and I My need you to, to, to just like bring a fella up to speed. Well, look, for you and the greater um, good of you being in the loo, I will do that. I think you need this education. Thank you. I'd appreciate well, it. I'll start from the beginning. Start from the top. Um, yeah, it was a sunny day in New Zealand. No, it wasn't. It was very windy. Oh, my gosh. Some of the games, the recent games I've looked and I was like, oh, my gosh, it looks like winter. It looks freezing. <laughs> but do we want to start talking about how England opened their campaign with like 0-4 and, and now they've rallied their way back to the semis. Wow. Do we want to talk about new, the New Zealand opening game where New Zealand went down? Oh, my God, it was what? close. Or do we talk about some of the wild fielding things, both good and bad, that I've encountered in this tournament? <laughs> I mean, there's lots, there's lots to dissect. There's lots to dissect. I think if we just run through it real quick. Hit me. Go. Um, Speed round. Let's go. A couple of highlights from the teams, right? Let's just we'll roll through them all. We'll go through the motions. Obviously, um, 
you know, there'll be no stone unturned. That's what no I want from you, Heidi. That's what I need from so you in my life. So what I it. need from you is make sure that you've got a little notebook because... Okay, yeah, I'm writing it down. Folks, just as I got my notebook out, Heidi's audio dropped out for a minute. But when she came back, she was talking about the English side and particularly their weird selections. Kate, I just really appreciate Kate Cross this tournament. Um, and also, if we just flip the other side, Anya Shrubsoul was not actually picked in the last game. What? So... You know, shenanigans. <laughs> so I think there's a little bit of, there's a little bit, you know, going on here, but, you know, is what it is. You can't win them all, can you, Anya? Can Bo- you, Anya? Bonafide um, shenanigans, Hides. Bonafide shenanigans. Couldn't I mean, honestly, just wild. Anything goes for these English selectors. <laughs> um, but now that they've come out, they're back in the semis. So they've actually done very, very well to scramble their, like, mind blowingly poor start. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as England, you'd be quite stressed. Like, yeah, you're a leading team probably, you know what I mean? Like in the in life. And, you know, losing is just, that sucks. And, like, I know that all too well. I'm oh. a very, I know how to lose. Trust me. But trust right me. there with you, picking up what you're putting down. I lose far more oh, than I man. win is all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> it's character building, right? It's very character building. <laughs> we've got a lot it's of why character. We, we've why we're so great on the podcast, Hides, you know? We've got a lot of character to show. <laughs> <laughs> so much character oh, the, uh, bloody hell. sort of podcast and radio not on tv yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right well we're moving towards it um okay uh, yes yeah, um, so the palms turned it around po- yeah to palms have turned it around we've had a couple of solid innings nat siv has been really good mm. um tammy burnett's got uh, bowman's got a few starts so look they've really they've wrestled they've turned it around for themselves good for them good and for you them. know what that's that's tough. That's a mental thing, right? To oh. be to lose that many and come back like you go, girls. More power to you. <laughs> Except if you play Australia, in which case, crumble. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, um, then let's move swiftly to the hosts. Yes, um, thank you. So nice to see that in their last game, unfortunately, they will not be top four, but in their last game, um, Susie Bates got 100. We love to see hundreds. Love, love to see it, Hides. We're big fans. Love that's to yep. see it. And Susie um, Bates is a quality and, player, mate. She is. Uh, she's a gun. It, she is, and she, you know that she's good. But I, I suppose she hasn't had a big score. It hasn't been a feature play like yet. Like you know, Sophie Devine's bombing sixes and bombing hundreds. Like you know, it's easy. Um, and she's so consistent, which is mad. But yeah, it was nice to see her, like a senior member doing her thing. Like here I am, cheeky hundred. Love that. Yeah, love that. Um, another one on the old Kate Cross sort of track is Katie Martin. Let's just oh. all take a moment to appreciate Katie Martin. <laughs> Firstly, those gloves on her hands look so big. I have no idea how she catches the ball. <laughs> but secondly, what an absolute trooper. Chitty chatty behind the stumps. We love that. Good energy has been around for 55 years, still killing it, and is so, so dependable. She goes out there, I don't know, bats at eight or whatever she bats at, and she pushes 30s and 40s, and she just keeps them going. I just, I love that. Like, yeah. if that's the role that she, I just, she just does it so well. And I think that experience, I just, she's, oh, what a legend. Honestly, Katie Martin, we love you. <laughs> And new friend of the pod, Hides. New friend of the pod. Yeah, like, you know, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway. I love that, um, And then if we just, to the bowlers, I think Jessica and Ro have absolutely, they have done very well. I feel like they've bowled lots of swing. They've taken lots of wickets. Um, and I think, yeah, that's really good for New Zealand. Obviously, Amelia Kerr 
you know, she's mad. But it's nice to see some Pacey's and her sister kind of getting involved. So I think that's been really awesome too. I think this World Cup's actually been a mad showcase of talent. I'm not going to lie. I feel like everyone's sort of yeah. getting into the swing, coming into their own. And there's definitely been standout performances. But I think across, there's been more people involved with good things as opposed to the same sort of several people doing great things always. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like I feel like they sort of shared it around a little bit, which is really, really cool. And it was great and to see the Pakistan women get a, get, a, get a win there too, Hides. Their first win in what? Oh. Like, you know, 15 years, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's wild. And, I mean, on that, like, Nita Dash, she took four far. That yeah. is awesome. Huge. And she's done a bit of Big Bash here, like some BBL and stuff. So um, she's probably one of the more uh, familiar with some of the people she's playing, um, just purely from WBBL. But, I mean, I've seen, like, Pakistan, like, they have some great starts with their batting. It's, it's a shame that they can't convert. Yeah. They have such strong starts where you think, like, hold on a minute, like, are they going to derail us here? Like, they've had some <laughs> really, 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 really promising starts. Like, that's mad. We, like, we love that. We, love we do love contest. that, Hides. We love that. We, we love do. that energy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because cricket's the winner. Cricket you know is the I mean? winner. We, uh, we but love it. What about these wild fielding escapades? Oh, well, <laughs> look, now, not to point the finger, but um, <laughs> like, like I wouldn't obviously do that, but I might have to bring out the old D word again, disappointed. Oh. I mean, we had, we had, um, uh, Liz, uh, Lizelle Luke, she's not keeping for South, uh, for South Africa, but she's in the field and um, the ball went out to her. She was sort of deep on the boundary and literally like they'd run one, fine, you get a single and then you... You know, the ball gets to the keeper. No, no. She got like down on one knee, kind of like had a cup of coffee and then decided to come up and then they go for a run. And it's like, mate, you're a senior player. Get that ball in. What are you doing, bud? What are you doing then? <laughs> um, but on the flip side, uh, Ishmael and Cap, honestly, tournament of their lives. Cap is killing it, bat and ball. Ishmael is so athletic and taking obscene catches off for her own bowling when like mm. everybody else is dropping them around her. Um, and that's been incredible. And then Laura Wolver, literally a run machine. I just wanted her to get to 100, and she's come so close. <laughs> so incredible from them, and they absolutely deserve a top four spot. Um, shimmy on back to some fielding. Let's talk about some good fielding. Oh, yeah. Um, Maddie Green against Australia took a running, running catch, like running the boundary sort of mid-on, full stretch. Wow. Taken. Like intercepted wow. it into the air, boom, see you later. It was <laughs> honestly, it was incredible. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm a bit of a Maddie Green fan. I feel like I'd like her to fire a little bit more with the old bat. Sure. But when she's taken speckies like that, you know what? You know what? You deserve to be there. That's fine. Yeah. You, you, you will let that um, one happen, Hyde. I love that. Oh, man. And then just a couple, if we just go through with just a wee highlight reel, we've got Heather Knight taking a diving one hander at cover, obscene. Honestly, <laughs> should have gone for four. And she's just plucked that mother out of the air, like. <laughs> Yes, thank you for coming. And Pat, we love Heather Knight, don't we? We love Heather we Knight. Do. Big fan. We Big do. fan hides. Yeah, Big friend fan. of the pod. And then uh, Australia versus England, obviously very exciting because yeah, we won. But, um, and Rachel Haynes uh, is hitting Catherine, tons, bud. Hitting tons. Oh, man. And she, she opened, yeah, she opened with the mat. And then Meg Lanning got a ton. We love that. Um, also, Elise Perry, are you okay? <laughs> How's your back? <laughs> is everything all right there, friend? Hope you're yeah, okay. she's having back Poor spasms. Thing, she's honestly, does she need to live in a bubble? We're not sure. Like, I hope she's okay, but hopefully it's a strategic rest and we circle right on back. And then if we're, whilst we're on the Australian bandwagon. Please. Alana King. Yeah. How great. She gets a wee ashes call up, ends up featuring in all three formats, 
trickle that through. She's now part of the one day, and not even part of, like she's a go-to bowler for the Australian World Cup one day team. Yeah, hell yeah. Like what what a wild ride for her. Huge. I can't decide if I'm like happy or like, you know, reading with jealousy. Like I'm like, do I love you or do I hate you? (laughs) And also Um, great set of shades. Just a oh, great piece she's of style bit, out there. She's the a, yeah, a bit of swagger about it. Like that is, I just, I think that's, um, honestly, it's great. Like she's so into it. She's taking some wickets. Um, and especially in such a sad time of cricket with everything that's gone on, mm. to have a little bit of leg spin coming back through, we love to see it. Oh, I love we to love see it, Hides. We, we love, love to see it. a ball just drifted up there in the air and just bamboozling folks left, oh, right and centre. Just love a bit of that action. Oh, Heidi. my God. And let's let's talk about that. I'm pretty sure that one of the bowlers from the Bangladesh team who mm. um, what a surprise pack there, first time they've played, they've never, they only played, they hadn't played Australian one day before. So this is like a new thing. This is incredible for them. Literally bowled someone around their legs. Oh. Love and it was that. just like chills. I got chills. <laughs> yes, you go, girl. And so um, it all ends up being set up for the bloody semi-finals, which are just about to uh, happen in the next couple of days. We've got Australia playing the West Indies and South Africa playing England. And yep. and Hides, how do you see this rolling out? How do you see this I final mean, happening? I mean, I originally I was thinking Australia versus South Africa in the final. I feel like they've been the most consistent teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would make sense. However, anything can happen in a final. Yeah. You know, and like literally, and just because we've had an undefeated tournament, there's always the way life will just kick you around like that. So <laughs> um, I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, South Africa, I think they're just, they're so solid. Like you've got several people scoring runs and then you've got incredible bowling partnerships and the athleticism of Ishmael and Cap together mm. and their consistency, like they turn half chances into chances and Cap's smoking runs. Like she's, she's coming in and saving the day or she's coming in and continuing form and creating a, like contributing to a really, really solid total. So I think they're doing really, really well. Um, and maybe somewhere like a Heather Knight's probably like, right, let's, let's get someone. I'm sure Tammy Bone, Beaumont would like to go on as well. Yeah, um, so yeah. there's a few holes there. Siv is always solid. We know that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, but then in, also in a couple of the English games in the beginning, you know, they were dropping three or four catches a game. Like yeah, there's been wow. a lot of balls dropped. So I think they're finally sort of in the swing. And because they're now in the swing, I think that momentum and that motivation, I think it'll be a very competitive, very competitive semi between those two. Ooh, hides. Um, and then, and I mean, West Indies too. You never know. Like Haley Matthews got one of the most exceptional hundreds. It was so exciting, um, and she she just nailed it. It was just like, boom! I'm here to play, and we did it. And it was just like, oh, I've got chills again. I'm constantly in chills. I mean, they've won um, three, lost three. The West Indies. So you'd you'd, yeah. you'd say that with our seven straight wins that we should take that. But as you say, hides you anything would. can happen in a final. Anything can happen in a final. I know. I mean, look, yeah, and and exactly right. And conditions, the toss, like you know, a couple of little wickets here, feel or no balls there. You never know; anything can happen. And I think it's also super important. Um, R.I.P. India. They, <laughs> please tell me you heard about this. Firstly, when ha- Harman Precor and oh, friend of the pod, friend. <laughs> Lots of friends, hearts. They don't know that they're friends of the pods, but they are. Continue. Oh, my God. 
And um, Rindy Mandana, when they were batting together and they both got hundreds, I swear, this is the this tournament is the most I've ever seen Humphrey Cross smile. And when they were batting together, it was just like they were two little kids having the greatest time together. Oh. It was so beautiful to watch. And they both got hundreds. How good. Humphrey caught in this last game. She's fielding like long on. In uh, I think it's Deepji Xiaomi bowls the ball and Mignon Yapri tries to smoke it and she gets caught and they need like I think it was like three off one or three off two like it was like we, it is down to the wire like it was like what are we gonna do who's making the like who's winning this game who's going through the semis bear in mind South Africa have had a mad tournament and they were you know on the verge of losing this and so Mignon goes down and Humphrey Core catches her on the boundary and it's like oh my god hold for your applause no ball oh it what was a no ball oh wow so she comes back in they get an extra run and then south africa win and india have to go oh man oh you just man. want the world to swallow you up <laughs> you'd be like oh i'm done <laughs> go <you> home <laughs> climb <laughs> under the final. covers never come out game over just like it. no oh dude that is that is that is some brutal stuff, Hides. That is brutal times. My Do you friend, know what though? The what? World Cup has prompt, like it's been dramatic. It's it's an emotional roller coaster, but it's also been mad cricket. Like it's yeah, what a tournament. Aside from the horrendous wind and the weather, which looked honestly trash, um, <laughs> like lots of like lots of good cricket, like lots of challenges for lots of teams. Like you know, Australia came out and have been scoring a lot of runs and other teams and well actually every team's been scoring a lot like it used to be 200 was a defendable total and now we're getting 270s 280s 300s and it's like okay and it's not like you know the other teams are getting bowled out for 100 it's a very competitive contest it's very very exciting Hi, uh, and you know standard just across the board mate it's just been through the roof hey like it's there's been a lot of really tight games there i'm just looking through the results right now and there's been a lot of stuff which has really come down to the wire and you've got to say that this is going to happen again, that for these these two semifinals are going to be really freaking tight. And whoever ends up in the final against Australia, because let's let's face it, Hides, we're going to be there. We're going to I do mean, it. obviously. Obviously. I mean, we can be polite. On. We can be like, polite, but, you know, it's going to be... <laughs> we know. We're going, we're going to we be the there. Truth. Somehow, Meg Lanning will score 80 <laughs> between sort of cover and backward point, and that's just going to be game <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, and sorry, let's not forget, Ash Gardner gets a positive... COVID test, yeah. like the day before, has to isolate her first game out of isolation in the World Cup in the Australian colours. She like absolutely smokes like a, an obscene amount of runs off like twelve balls. It was it was honestly ridiculous. It was just like welcome to the World Cup, Ashley Gardner. Seven days sitting in the hotel room was the exact preparation she needed to come out and smoke them. Yeah. <laughs> Like, what a legend. <laughs> what a gun. Um, Hides, I'm gonna, we'll do a nice big long episode after the final on the uh, 3rd of April, my friend, because I think we need to spend some proper time with you. And me and Chris might try and grab you and, and do a proper um, recap, sum up of our feelings, thoughts, and emotions following what should be an absolute cracker of a final. Does that sound all right to you in your life? That sounds like an absolute dream come true. Um, my, I just must must inform you. I'm actually on my way to the motherland on Thursday. Oh. Um, yes, to do a little bit of coaching and playing in England myself. Oh, hi. So, I know, right? I'm going to take 
across the hell out of it. Dude, um, that's awesome. And, uh, I I can't wait. I cannot wait. But I'm and maybe the times will line up even better. Who knows? Maybe Hides. We'll chat about that, mate. But have a great flight, Hides. And dude, I'm so excited for you to be in the UK. What an awesome time. Oh, yes. I know. I'll have to... Um, maybe we'll do a little 100 pod. We'll see how we go. Oh, I'd love that, Heidi. I'd love that. But I better let you go. I know you're a lady under pressure. But um, thanks so much for your time, <laughs> Heidi. I really do appreciate it. You're such a legend. And we'll, we'll chat real soon. All right. Takes a legend to know a legend. <laughs> thanks, pal. <laughs> Cheers, All Heidi. Right, Bardo. Let's get into it, shall we, my friend? Uh, we got some tapes. We got a tape here from Alex Spinks, and I have a very special tape from Adam Hassan, which I'm going to tell you more about when we get there. So if you don't mind, we might start with Spinksy. I, I think we can do that. He's up for it, folks. He's ready. And look, I think it's going to be entertaining anyway, because Spinks is going to be a very excited, pumped Spinks. Let's get into it. Here he is, folks. Our Australian correspondent, Alex Spinks. This is how we do it. I mean, bangers on bangers here, Chris. Yes, that is how you do it. Apologies for the whitest intro of all time, but... Hello everyone, and welcome to A Result <laughs> by A Sphinx. The series which put the tests back into test cricket, because at times it was quite testing to keep the eyelids open has finally produced the intrigue and the tension that keeps you glued to your seat. And not the intrigue of, seriously, Pat, you had a 408-run lead and wanted to add 97 to it and waste most of a session? No, this wasn't your dad's intrigue. This was the intrigue generated by aggressive declarations, a Pakistani wall by the name of Baba Azam, and the little engine that could named Nathan Lyon. It has seemed that after the amazing first test drive of his captaincy during the most recent Ashes, Pat Cummins had to check his captaincy in for a tune-up and a service in Pakistan, as the Ashes series hadn't really required he put his decision-making skills to the test and merely gave him a gentle cruise control drive through the English batting order whereas this series forced him to manage bowler fatigue, set funky fields to soul-crushing batting skill and flat tracks, and allowed him to break in his declaration needle until it seemed to start to ring true. So finally, on the fourth day of the third test, Cummins decided that four sessions with a pitch that was actually deteriorating a bit was the right balance to strike in search for a win, and dangled the carrot of 350 runs to get them in. Very doable by Pakistan, especially given the form of their top four this series. Yet it was still looking like a steady progression towards a draw for a bit. Abdullah Shafiq... I'm going to hold you up there, Spinksy. And Bardo, just on that, like, I was thinking about... Because, you know, as soon as the declaration happened, there was a lot of chat. Um, a lot of chat around people being like, oh, no, this is nowhere near enough and, and whatnot. And I think, I think when Pakistan... When they had 500 to chase and they didn't think they were in it, and they just blocked us out, and they and they gave themselves heaps of time. It, it they put themselves in a better position in a way on mm-hmm. on a deck which really wasn't doing a lot. Mm-hmm. But here, like, I think Pat had to give them a number that they thought they could achieve if we were going to get them trying to play a few shots and get them out. Yeah, you know? yeah, you've got to dangle the carrot. I think to as as you say, encourage them to play a couple of shots. 
um, be a little bit more expansive with their, with their stroke play um, and, and, and see what happens from there. You know, absolutely, you, you risk the loss, particularly against a side like Pakistan that can catch fire pretty quickly. Mm. Uh, you know, we saw that, you know, Mohamed Rizwan, um, Babra's, um, they've got the, they've got the horsepower to do it. But, you know, unless you get them playing shots, you're not necessarily going to get the edges that you, that you need to make it happen. So, 350, I thought, was, uh, uh, for me, the, the, the perfect amount. Uh, it was just enough where we could make we could afford a few mistakes. Or Australia could afford a few mistakes, but uh, also just enough that Pakistan had time if they were interested uh, to to make a go of it. Yeah, it, just, it was tempting enough, Chris. It was a mm. a mm. nice juicy leg spinner tossed up on leg stump to you head forward. Chris, and see if you can't crack that three-bit wicket, or do you try and stay back and block him out and see yourself in trouble? That's that's the big question. That's right. That's yes. Good analysis, Pat. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Bad, bad thank English you. from I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to turn over a new leaf <laughs> and be better at this whole cricket pundit thing. You know, I'm getting there. It's a work in progress. Back to Smixy. Wards a draw for a bit. Abdullah Shafiq and Imam Ulhaq were grinding along steadily as they have done all series before Australia's wunderkind Cameron Green, who Cummins has used sparingly as per their plan of protecting the young body of Australia's greatest hope for the future, he removed Shafiq by teasing him with two overs of reverse swing early on the fifth morning, tailing into his pads, before quite cannily shifting the seam of the ball so it pointed to first slip, and bowling the same back-of-a-length delivery in the batter's cover-driving channel, but because of the seam angle, this ball didn't swing back in like Shafiq was playing for, and it held its line to take a nice edge through to the keeper. I'd say the kid is McGrath-esque with his cricket brain, but McGrath couldn't swing a ball or even a bat to save his life. And then came more obstinate batting from Pakistan's rock-solid top order. But at last, the man who seems to bring his best just as the commentators question his ability, strikes again. Nathan Lyon accounted for the other three of Pakistan's top order, and perhaps showed why some would say he's bowled without luck this series, because Steve Smith finally managed to hang on to two, that's right, two (laughs) slips catches off Lions spin bowling. An uncharacteristically poor series in the slips for Smith has made a hard series harder for Nathan Lyon and others, but on this day, when it was desperately needed, he hung on to the ball. Bloody good he did too. Nathan Lyon bowled 78 overs in the first, 64 in the second test, where he only bowled 9 overs in Pakistan's first innings, and 77 overs in this test. That's 219 for the whole series. If Smith hadn't started catching the edges from all of Lyon's hard work, he may very well have just started untying Smith's shoelaces before he goes out to bat. A catastrophic scenario for Smith, I have been told. (laughs) And lastly... Sorry, That's very good. You did have to feel sorry for the bowler and the slipper there, yeah. but it's been a tough time. It's been a torrid time for, for Steve Smith at first slip, hasn't it? And uh, I think both from Nathan Lyon's perspective and, and from Mitchell Swepson's perspective, they've had oh, chances yeah. go down. Um, but to his credit, I thought he, he took an absolute uh, peach, uh, mm. uh, low, low slips catch. Uh, on the uh, on the final day there to you know 
move us closer to victory. So it's a it's a tough position to play in, and I think he's out in the press as saying that he was fielding in a, in what was an unnatural position, you know, uh, for first slip because I think in Pakistan you generally field a lot closer uh, in the slips than what uh, we're used to here in in Australia because of the the conditions. So obviously, when you field closer, you get a little bit less reaction time. So that's probably something for for Australia to think about in terms of you know future tours to the subcontinent uh, and you know as we move to Sri Lanka uh, but uh, yeah this, the spinners certainly created their fair share of chances and uh, hopefully a few more of those got a hand next time yeah completely mate and you know like they had to stand that close to have any hope of catching it but far out some of those like late cut sort of chances were just coming at a million miles an hour I was glad it was them but uh, and not me <laughs> <laughs> absolutely these long, drawn-out draws and finally thrilling match would not have been possible without a total to defend or a total to stack up as high as you can just so you can say that yours is bigger than theirs even though nobody won. And that wouldn't have been possible without the emergence of a hot Aussie summer. Since returning to the Australian team to replace a COVID-stricken Travis Head and striking twin centuries in Sydney, Usman Khawaja has averaged 125.17 in his five tests. For this series... Uzi averaged 165.33 from his five innings, which has him in sixth place for the highest batting average of all time throughout a series. Nestled quite snugly between Jacques Callis in fifth with 166 flat against India in 2010, and Kumar Sangakkara in seventh with 163.33 against Pakistan in 2012. Of the top eight in that list... Kawaja is one of only two batters to smash these consistently high runs in an away series, the other being the West Indies' Jimmy Adams, who had an explosive start to his eventually humble test career, including this series against India, in India, in 1994, which places him at third with an average of 173.33. There's fewer feel-good stories in sport than this one. Born in Islamabad, Pakistan, pictures showing him batting with his brother and family in the practice nets of Ravalpindi Stadium, before emigrating with his family to Australia when he was five, Kawaja was finally able to return to where he was born as a cricketer. He helped deliver Australia the second of their back-to-back test series wins in Pakistan, spread out across 24 years, and got to live out a dream of scoring test centuries in both nations that he calls home. And hopefully helped move forward the regular return of test cricket in Pakistan with all test playing countries. Well, that is all from me, my friends. Look forward to the next time. See ya. This is how we do it. What a vibe, Bardo. What a vibe. Mm. What a story from Spinksy there. Um, what a story. We love that for, for Uzi Kawaja. And he, he was exceptional, wasn't he? Like, he really did feel like occasionally he was batting on a different deck, that him and Barbara's arm were, were really, you know... <laughs> Yeah. A cut above. Look, and it wasn't that long ago that Usman Khawaja's test average was in the high 30s, uh, you know, yeah. and now it sits at, at 47.2, you know, um, 49 test matches, 1200s and 1650s. That's a that's a test career that just about anyone would be happy to hang their hat on. Um, so, you know, no doubt we'll play his 50th test match as well. Um, his one-day record's actually not too shabby either with an average of 42, a um, couple of hundreds. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the upcoming ODI series in a moment, but uh, it may well make sense if it wasn't going to hang around uh, because Steve Smith's uh, flying home with a uh, uh, with an apparent injury, and um, 
looking at the Australian ODI squad there in Pakistan, it's uh, reading a little bit more like a fact-finding mission than a, <laughs> a cohesive unit. Um, <laughs> a fact-finding mission, buddy. Well, look, we certainly chuck... I feel like we've chucked some stuff against the wall to see what sticks. A- a- ahead yeah. of... Uh, and look, now is the time to do that, I, I grant you, given that there's a World Cup in, in India in, in about 12 months' time. Um, but yeah, it's an unusual one. Uh I mean, mate, we're going to have something a little different from from Adam Hassan in a moment. So I think we should just spend a second here talking about this because because you're right. There's some pretty unusual names in here, but uh, you've got uh, you know people like Aaron Finch and Sean Abbott, Ashton Agar, Alex Carey. Sure, sure, sure. Cameron Green is included for uh, I think the first time in an ODI series. Um, I might be wrong about that. You know, Mitch Marsh, Kane Richardson, Swepin, Swepson is in there. Mm. Obviously, Zampa as well. Stoinis, sure. Manus and Trav, sure, sure, sure. But then things get a little more interesting, right? Ben McDermott's in there. Uh, the Dorf, Jason Berendorf is back in there. I'd love to see that. Sean Abbott. Um, but the one that stands out for me is Nathan Ellis. Mm. But, uh, Nathan Ellis is a pretty uh, outside-the-box inclusion there. And, and to my eyeballs, and please have a look here and tell me if I'm wrong, we don't have any of the big four. There's no Stark. There's no Cummins. There's no Hazelwood. No Richardson. Um, no Richardson. So there's Kane. There's no Jai though. No Jai. Yes, Kane. No Jai. Um, I'm really struggling to pick a top six uh, out of that. Uh, I don't know about mm. you. Uh, I think what they might do is obviously, obviously, uh, Aaron Finch will have in the batting, so that's yep. nice and simple. Uh, I would hazard a guess to say that Alex Carey might open alongside him, um, which yep. is perhaps why. It may be worth to see if Usman might be interested in just extending his stay a little bit longer. Uh, don't know, don't know. Just hang around, Uzzy. Just don't book a flight yet, mate. World just Cup's not around. that far away. You know, I mean, we talked about his yeah. age, but I mean, World Cup's not that far away. So I think it'll go Finch, Carey. Uh, I, I think then you'd probably have Marnus come in at three. That would make the most sense uh, to mm. me. Um, you might then have, say- Trav? Yeah, you you could certainly go with 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 Travis Head. I would probably actually go with Cameron Green uh, at five, uh, and then have uh, Mitchell Marsh at six, particularly with a white ball. Uh, I I think that that's that's the better outcome. Uh, and uh, although you might have perhaps you, you might have Marsh bat at, at at seven, and you might have Head come in there. So perhaps you, you're correct there, Pat. As you can see, I've had sixes and sevens with this thing. It's very confusing. <laughs> And then it's going to depend on the deck too, whether you play Schweppo, Zamps, Agar, Berendorf, Sean Abbott's there as well, like we yeah, said. So yeah, and I have we haven't no even, idea we haven't even talked about we haven't even talked about Marcus Doinus. So uh, yeah, you know, get out of there, Travis Head. You're out of my team because <laughs> I'm bringing the Greek freak back. <laughs> Got to get the Stoin in. Uh, you can't leave the Stoin out of your best lineup, okay? You can't leave. The and Stoin where's out of it, where's Glenn mate. Maxwell? Yeah, where is Maxi? Where is it? I don't that know. A, I've missed that headline. A fantastic point. Uh, how did yeah? How did Maxi not get a Guernsey? Not sure. That's really strange. It's weird. It's weird. Don't like yeah, it. Yeah, look, I I don't know what's going to happen with this, mate. Aaron Aaron Finch as well. We haven't seen Finchy uh, back in the in the gear for a little while, so that's going to be pretty exciting too. But yeah, I've I've no idea how this side's going to play. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah, side, I, I, I I struggle to pick. They're all good players. There's not a bad player amongst them. Uh, Absolutely, I just can't pick an eleven that gels cohesively. So I, that's why I say I think <laughs> I think this is a bit more of a fact finding mission because I think your best ODI side still has Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, 
at, at its core. I think Jai Richardson is is you know probably one of our better ODI yeah. um, white ball fast bowlers. With all due respect to Brother Kane, uh, who's also a fine white ball bowler. So it's it's uh, yeah, I think they're they're figuring things out. You know, can you play Schwepson and and, and Zamper in, in the same lineup? Mm. You know, that's a, that's a big question. Poor old Mitchell Swepson. Doesn't matter what form of the game he's playing. He's a bridesmaid. Oh, mate. I mean, I felt, you know, that bloke really could have walked away from this test series with like 14 wickets at sort of 30-odd, 27. Instead, he's walking around with two wickets from two games and, and found himself being hit for a lot of runs. Um, and I, I think he bowled a lot better than his figures reflect. Absolutely. Um, yeah. He bowled a lot better than that. He bowled some unplayable stuff, Chris. You know, he does give away the odd four ball when he's trying to make something happen. But, you know, some of those leg spinners were just glorious. His wrongen's pretty solid too. Like, yeah, so many, so many close chances for Schweppo. So I hope he gets to have a good crack here in the mm. one day is mm. and get some poles, you know? Mm, ab- absolutely, you know. Uh, and we talk about great cricketers. I mean, Sean Abbott's in the, in, in the squad as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he, what a handy handy addition. And he's in the side as a genuine all-rounder, if you don't mind, according to yeah. info. So, you know, he could potentially bat seven. Just options galore. Uh, I, I do want to advocate for Mitch Marsh, though, to be in my best 11 because his white ball form at the moment has been uh, absolutely yeah. spectacular. Off chops, buddy. 100% categorically off chops. And look like maybe it's a good time to do a fact-finding mission, pal, and work out who is actually mm. now best 11 for an ODI. You know, give a couple of blokes some chances on some different decks and see who actually bounces back harder, better, faster, stronger, so to speak. That's the one. We love that. We love that. Now, Chris, I've got something exciting for you, but oh. this is exciting. Because our our Pakistan correspondent, Adam Hassan, is currently on tour He's currently on tour. He's in Barbados with the Oxford University cricket side, and he's um, been been bowling a few bowling a few spinners, taking a few poles, doing the thing. But he sent me a message asking me if he could uh, have a chat to a few of the boys because they were interested in jumping on the pod. But so today I present to you a new two for none segment. We haven't had a new segment in a long time, and I'm not sure how often we're going to get this again. But I've made a theme tune for it, so I hope you enjoy that. Did you write the theme tune, sing the theme tune? I did write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. It's only very short, but I think you'll like it. Chris, um, this is, I'm going to cut to Adam now. Here we go. This is a new segment we're going to call Tales from Tour. Tales from Tour. Hi, guys. I've got something a bit different for you this week. Um, I haven't actually been able to follow this test match too closely mainly because I'm currently on tour in Barbados with the Oxford University cricket team. So what I thought is, rather than me trying to give you a vague review on a test match that I've barely watched, I've decided to have a couple of chats with some of the players in our team instead. So I've recorded a couple of tapes. First you'll hear from our Aussie opening batsman about his thoughts on the series. And then after that, just a general chat with a few of the other players in the team about cricket and about our tour as well. So here they are, hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm John. I'm the opening batter for Oxford University Cricket Club on this tour, or one of them. I'm quite chuffed about the series win. Quickly, how beautiful is this man's voice? Um, Chris, how, how, is, how are we the ones doing the podcast and this fellow John is, is playing cricket at for Oxford? It's like warm butter. 
truly sensational. You know, you know, actually, you know what it is? It's buttercream. Oh, you mate, you've been watching so much nailed it. It's so deep in the hole. Let's go back to hearing from this John fellow. By Australia over Pakistan in part because I am the resident Australian in the team. It also gives me great pleasure to say that Australia won because someone sitting next to me actually questioned whether or not that would be the correct outcome. So I'm naturally chuffed that I was correct. With that said... You and me both, Johnny boy. You and me both, pal. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Great series win. I think there are still four outstanding questions that Australia needs to answer. Oh. The first is, can Australia play the turning ball in Sri Lanka and India? The, f- the decks that they encountered in Pakistan were relatively flat, and I think this is a question that still needs to be answered. The second question is, can Australia's spinners turn up more in their subsequent series in the subcontinent? Just start holding up there, John. But how do you feel about that? How do you feel about our ability to play the turning ball? Do you think any of those questions got answered in this, in this test series? Well, I think we showed that we can play spin. Um, but if I was to appropriate a song, please, I think it'd be something like, I want to know what dust is, <laughs> and I want you to show me. Bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, because we can see, we, we, we ain't seen no dust in, um, in Pakistan, did we? We saw some cracks. Sure, we did. Saw some foot marks. Yeah. Well, you did see a couple of Maybe those. Maybe just a pinch. Of dust? A little, a little poof. A pinch. A little poof. Of dust? <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, you know, dust is not like um, flavouring. You know, mm. with flavouring, Pat, as viewers of Nailed It will know, um, with flavouring, a little bit goes a long way. Oh, yeah. But with dust, oh, yeah. I need more than just a little poof. I need a... <laughs> You be generous, with, you know, with the uh, with the uh, with the dust there. So I'm excited about. It. I, I agree with. I agree with uh, with John, with there. John Buttercream uh, about. <laughs> it is an outstanding question. Nathan Lyon played a quite an important role on days five in Lahore and also in Karachi, but he has been relatively absent apart from that. Mitchell Swepson did not have the best debut series either. So again, is he necessarily the man to go forward as Australia's second spinner? I think John's asking some pretty hard questions here. I don't think we can give those two fellas a break, you know? Far out. I tell you what, John is probing outside off snub. He is, isn't he? He's asking he tough questions. Yeah, for sure. He is. He's yeah, but I like it. I questions. like it. He's, he's yeah. certainly more qualified than me to do so. So <laughs> put him back on. Second. The third question is what role does Cameron Green play? Uh, he seems to be a very good cricketer. He can bat and and bowl. But could we see him perhaps move up to five? Um, and does he begin to bowl less as well? And I think the fourth really important question is how much longer does Smith and Warner have? Warner especially looks like he's closer to the end than perhaps Smith does. Um, but Smith's also gone quite a long time without runs. So perhaps he's passed his best as well. Wow. On the whole, though, I'm quite happy about this series win. There's been a lot of questions about Australia's ability to win matches and perform in the subcontinent. And while we necessarily haven't put those questions to bed, I think we've done a really, really good job of showing that it's not a it's not a awful question to ask. The answer is not obvious. So I'm quite a proud Australian at the moment. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm done. Can I also just say that for a bloke who's quite proud and happy, John sounded like in the depths of sadness. It might just be that his voice is so deep and beautiful, Chris, that I miss, I'm mistaking his, uh, 
his maybe he's just adopted having lived in England for a while that yeah. British heldness, you know. Look, it's also possible that he's from South Australia and just um, you know hasn't won a Sheffield Shield game in a while. <laughs> Although they did just win, so maybe he hasn't got they the did. news. They did. They won yet. one today. Maybe so that's that, no longer an excuse. That's right. Maybe he, maybe he's from New South Wales. And he's just yeah. desperately sad that they lost to South Australia, and, and you know he's having. An ex- I mean, he's having an existential crisis. But look, I look. I think great questions there from John. I, I think really, really valid. Um, do agree that Warner was not necessarily at his explosive best, mm. um, and I think you know it wasn't terrible, um, but he wasn't the the front line opener. Obviously, clearly for the, for that particular yeah. series. Uh, I I don't join the the the, the doomsayers of, on Stephen Smith. I think Stephen Smith still you know didn't score a century, but you know still certainly passed fifty, you know a handful of times and and looked pretty good. Uh, I think got a couple of seventies, couple yeah. of seventies. You know at the age of thirty two, I I think he's still got plenty of cricket still in front of him. Certainly, I would say another three years at least. So I, fastest ever player to eight thousand runs, yeah, Bardo did yeah. it in the shortest amount of time. You know, so I, I, I'm not concerned about Smith at all. Uh, interesting question about Cameron Green and, and his prospective role in the team. Mm. I don't mind it where it is right now. I'm quite comfortable with him batting six and and bowling a few overs. Uh, I I would not want him to put that uh, particular talent back in that that put that arrow back in his quiver. Keep it out. Oh, nice. Keep it out of the quiver. Keep it out. Keep the arrow out. Um, let's keep going. Uh, hi, I'm, uh, I'm Dan. I'm a bowling all-rounder. Hi, I'm George. Um, a batsman and captain. Oh, the skipper. Hi, I'm Robbie, and um, I'm one of the wicket keepers. I'm AC, and I'm the other wicket keeper. Uh, and I'm Ben, and I'm a vice captain and a seam bowler. All right, so guys, we're in Barbados right now on tour. Played three games, got three to go. What are your thoughts so far on being here? How have you found it? How good is it in the sun? Yeah, very good. <laughs> I've had worse pre-season doors. It's worth pointing out, these poor Englishmen have been stuck inside for A, COVID, and B, because they live in England. So you can only imagine the sheer joy that's ripping through their bodies mm. having mm. seeing sunlight for this amount of time, Chris. Yeah, not only are you outside, but you're outside in Barbados. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, despite losing two, I don't think anyone's mood has been affected by it at all, really. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Yeah, get onto the bus after being beaten yesterday and someone just goes what a class day <laughs> <laughs> which you probably wouldn't have if it was in circumstances back home it has been interesting to see the Beijing start of cricket yeah they whack it they just absolutely smash off everything <laughs> yeah, yeah and they, it works and it works yeah it works yeah that's it hit it every, like, so clean every time every ground's a postage stamp Every deck's a flat one. <laughs> they all play white ball cricket, even though we're playing with red ball. And it seems sometimes that they're, I don't know, it's not, it's not that it's not playing, they're not playing proper cricket, that you're not getting rewards for playing proper cricket, you're getting the rewards for just hoiking it to a short side or to bowling into the pitch. Or... I have to say, a couple of days ago, it was probably the most brutal game I've been involved with for a long, long, long time. Still the best shot I think I've seen on tour is that bloke carving you finish inside out over extra flat. Yeah. He's just, just uh, played the ball and just at the last minute, wrists open, see the champ. I did just laugh at the back of my mouth, that was, that was alpha. Alright so guys, being here in Barbados, obviously England over here right now, team you support, playing against the West Indies. So have you been following that series and what are your thoughts on that? I think 
they're probably now in this test match. By the time we're recording, they're playing in Granada on a green seamer, regretting not bringing at least one at Roder Anderson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Essentially playing. In. I think they did actually just get rolled. Um, England. I think they just lost that game against the Windies. Um, they've been having a pretty tough time of it, I reckon. Yeah, it's been interesting. I've been watching the game a little bit on uh, the interwebs uh, at night time before I go to sleep because, you know, what else are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> West Indies are a really interesting side to play. You know, they're certainly not the easy beats that they were of years gone by. And, and, and you, you know, their bowling attack is perfectly fine you know it's it, it is uh you know ask really good questions i think where the windies might have uh, some questions is around their, their top six around their batting lineup but you know there's been mm. guys that have, have kicked on and made some hundreds uh so it it's no easy feat now i think to play the west indies and you know really interesting you know we talked about pitches earlier the west indies pitches are, are a very very different color to what you would see. They're almost more like a butterscotch, um, you know, in terms of their color. Oh, wow, butter. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, the... the um, What would you call the ones back then? More like a scotch finger, weren't they? <laughs> 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 more like a Mars bar that's been left out in the sun for three days, butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got, started to go a little bit white. Um, but <laughs> Cracked, melting. <laughs> cracked and melting, yeah. Yeah. So... Interesting point. Yeah, I just think unbelievable to me that you you would leave leave Broader Anderson uh, at home. Yeah, uh, crazy. Unless you're putting a line through their careers. But as I said earlier, if you're good enough, you're young enough, uh, and and those yeah. guys still have something to offer for sure. Massively. In English condition with bowling attack, that apart from Wokes doesn't really have anybody that can make the most of green wicket. And the contrast in wickets from the first two tests, which were like Hudson Burners wrote to this, has probably called them a little bit off guard as well. Good to see a pitch that's actually going to get a result. Yeah, yeah it's true. It's, there was actually no danger of a result, basically, on either, yeah. either of the other two. It was a bit of a shame because obviously I think the island was so excited to have a test match here yeah. and uh, to have Craig Brathwaite blocking the pants off of it for five days I probably killed a bit of that excitement yeah we were expecting the Barmy Army to be out more on that first night we, we, the first night we were here was the last day of the test and we tried to find the Barmy Army we did find some but they weren't they weren't in full force yeah not in the force that, that we were hoping for maybe because it was such a dull game yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm playing cricket over here and going out in the evening I can see how five days at a test match even if you're just sitting on your ass in the in the stands could be pretty a lot of run punches yeah, it requires a certain sort of physical fitness. Years of training. <laughs> George, you, you mentioned Gordon Anderson not playing this series. What are your guys' thoughts on that and on selection generally this tour? I think it's been a theme of the England selection more recently that they they always seem to be looking to the future, quote unquote, trying to build a team that's going to be the world number one again but often at the expense of just winning the next match. Mm-hmm. I think you become the best team in the world by just focusing on just like winning the next game that you're playing. You always get the sense that they've kind of, that they, they pre, they've pre-sect at the start of the series, right, these are the teams we're going to play, reach the test, and don't really take into account what happens, what, you know, what pitch conditions they get, and stuff like that. It's much like a, an OUCC sort of section, but I imagine they don't get told on the morning in the bus <laughs> whether they're playing or not. Yeah, they're probably not guaranteed four games either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our system. We're playing six games and everyone plays four. 
we get told on the bus who's playing so we have no warning for it. hate that um, all right so finally guys um obviously me being the pakistani correspondent do you guys have any thoughts on pakistan cricket where it's at what you like and what you don't like from pakistan i think it's great to finally get a lot of test cricket back there even if again the theme of churning out some roads to bound is still followed but um, I think it's very good to have cricket back there because obviously it's a very uh, cricket loving nation yeah the crowds are great I mean even watching the BSL reminds you of like the early days of the IPL uh, when all the stadiums are just absolutely ram packed and you can hardly hear the crack of the ball or the commentators over the roar of the crowds and it's pretty similar when, when the test matches were on again so yeah, it's just great to see alright great thanks for that guys three more games left on tour looking forward to them should be good yeah sure. yeah Tales from Tour. Big thanks to Adam and all the fellas there from the Oxford University Cricket Club team for joining us, even though they're all the way across in Barbados. I hope they're taking poles and not getting belted to the boundary too much. Although it does sound like they're chasing some leather, Chris. It does sound like they're out in the heat chasing leather. Yeah, well, isn't that what all good cricket tours are about? <laughs> yeah, and finding the barmy army in dodgy bars. That's what they're yeah, all about, buddy. you got to love that. High hopes, long days, and cold beers. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the name of your memoir. Oh, well, hey, chapter one. Um, a mild disappointment. The Just be just on, on the England-West Indies series, Pat. Uh, so, you're right. You, England are staring down down the barrel. Haven't quite been defeated yet, but very similar sort of uh, series to what we've just seen in Pakistan. The, the first two tests were were draws, uh, you know, with some terrific individual performances uh, across the board. Actually, both teams, but uh, it's really come down to you know this last test match. And I want to give a special shout out to Kyle Myers, who um, England is currently one hundred and three for eight, with a lead of ten. Um, well, so they're going to get done probably, but <laughs> as it stands, Kyle Myers uh, has career best figures of five for nine. Whoa, five for nine, uh, and um, according to our friends at Crick Info, his playing role is as a batting all rounder. So make sense uh, of that. Uh, you can't. <laughs> you re- really, you really can't. Um, he's Got some terrific figures here. I must admit, I had never heard of Kyle Myers before before looking that up. Neither. Before. Neither. He obviously hasn't come on the telly when I've, when I've been watching. But, uh, you know, um, he's got a highest test score of 210. Uh, and... What? Yeah. Yeah. Highest test score of 210. And now uh, has best figures of five for nine. Um, amazing. We'd go to far as to call that bowl and desk, but uh, build a man a statue. Yeah, build a man a statue. Uh, 10 test matches all up, uh, average of 35, top score of 210, uh, 13 wickets this before before this test match, uh, at an average of 25, which puts him right in the frame for wow. our 35-35 uh, golden, uh, I don't know what you call it, golden circle of averages or something. So, <laughs> Kyle White, build the man a statue. Build the better statue indeed. I think Golden Circle, Barter, you're just thinking about um, getting yourself some of those nice tin peaches, pal. Just getting ready to go and have yourself <laughs> yeah. a little snack <laughs> Yeah. Well, with that, with that in mind, perhaps we better draw the pod to a close. Yeah, let's wrap it up. So Bardo can go and watch Nailed It and uh, eat himself some baked goods. I'm going to go and do the same. Mate, thanks so much for your time. Really, really appreciate having you on. 
Um, you're the man, the myth, the legend. I, I appreciate you. And we'll probably be back. What do you reckon? We'll check in at the end of the uh, ODIs and T20s um, once that's all wrapped up. And we'll do a, a nice big wrap up then once Adam's back in town as well. Yeah, absolutely. And look, really looking forward to the conclusion of the Women's World Cup as well. Yes, yes. Looks as though Australia's going to play either South Africa or India, I think, in the semis. Yeah, in the semis. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that'll... that'll be a tough matchup. Neither of those two sides are, are walkovers, but Australia does look pretty threatening at the moment. Meg Lanning has just been indomitable. She's just been such an incredible unit. She, I don't know how she does it. I was saying this to Heidi the other day, Chris. You know, you could walk out and put 11 people between cover and backward point, and Meg would still find the gap there and, and hit the fence. She's a weapon. She's an absolute weapon. Yeah, you might even call her Megatron. Oh, uh, wow. Maybe not. Wow, <laughs> Let's edit Chris. that out. That's not good. <laughs> That's not yeah, good. I'm going to cut that out. Yeah, cut <laughs> that out. <laughs> All right. All right, well. All right, mate. See you, mate. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. See ya. is created and presented by Patrick Cullen and Chris Barty. Big thanks to Alex Spinks and Chris Barty for joining me on the show, along with Dan, John, George, Robbie, AC, Ben, and Adam Hassan, of course, for joining us for their Tales from Tour, Oxford Cricket Club in Barbados edition. Clips in this episode were This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan, 1994, Def Jam Records. I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner, Atlantic Records, and 1984. All clips and music is used in conjunction with our APRA AMCOS online mini license, OL2028. Hey, make sure you check us out on Facebook. You can always email us at gingersnapsydney at gmail.com, especially if you'd like to be our West Indies or Bangladesh correspondent. Two for None is produced by Ginger Snap Productions. Check out our other show, the ISOcast, and your podcatcher, and make sure you like, rate, review, and subscribe to all of our podcasts. Tell a cricket fan about this podcast, and we'll be back after the Women's World Cup wraps up to wrap up all of that action, probably with Heidi Cheetah all the way from the sunny sides of the UK, and um, to cover the one-dayers in 2020s that have happened in Pakistan as well. Thanks so much for listening to the show, folks. And go those Aussies! Go those Thank you.